Hey everybody, God bless you and welcome to the Church of Jubilee podcast. My name is Pastor Jonathan. You know, in the book of Judges, chapter 2, verses 7 through 10, specifically in verse 10, it talks about a generation, a generation that had been gathered, a generation that was uh, from after Joshua and the elders and everybody that was a part of Joshua's generation. It talks about how there was another generation that came after them who did not know the Lord, nor know the, the work that the Lord had done for Israel, meaning that they did not know the Lord at all. And in this week's message, I bring across a message that talks about a lost generation. And why is it important to know about a lost generation? Because we want to make sure that we understand it is our obligation, it is our duty to equip the next generation to know the Lord, to know the Lord, to serve the Lord, to worship Him, to praise Him, to know what it is to have, to believe in God and why they believe in Him. Because if we don't, sadly, we will become like the Joshua generation at that moment that never passed on what needed to be passed on to the next generation. And as a result, it cons- they consider themselves a lost generation. So I pray that this week it may encourage you to speak to the people, those people that are in your life. You never know who's watching. You never know who's listening to you. Someone is right there, whether it's a niece, a nephew, cousins, friends, people that you know. Somebody is looking at you and it's up to you to pass on, pass that mantle to them. Give them that encouragement they need to hear. Give them that word, that solid word. But most importantly, pass on a legacy Pass on something. Don't go to the grave empty. Don't go to the grave empty-handed. I pray that this week's message may bless you. Hey, it would mean a lot if you could just share this message with somebody. Give us a comment there. Let us know that, you know, that you're listening. Let us know if this message blessed you. It's encouraging to hear. And let us know that we're on the right path. May the Lord tremendously, in a mighty way, bless you with this word. And they may it, may it sow a great seed of encouragement and love in your life. God bless you. Once again, this is Pastor Jonathan. Thanks for tuning in to the Church of Jubilee podcast. Read in the book of Judges, chapter 2, verses 7 through 10. The word of God says, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua who had seen all the great works of the Lord, which he had done for Israel. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. And you think you lived long or you're going to live a long time. Try 110. And they buried him within the border of his inheritance of timirath Heres in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gaish. Verse 10 says, when all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. Can I just stop right there for a moment? And let's focus on the last part of that, what it says, verse 10. When all the generation had been gathered to the fathers, meaning when all the generations had died off already that were Joshua's generation, there was a new generation, another generation that came right behind them. And this generation sadly did not know the Lord. 
They didn't know God. They didn't know what he could do for them. They didn't know anything about them, about him. So as we get started in this message, thank you. I want you to realize that the first part of Joshua's days talks about a generation that was Joshua's generation. Not just Moses' generation, that was a great generation in itself, but it was people of his generation of Joshua. Now Joshua was the one that would carry the people of Israel into the promised land. They were the, he was the one that they said, Moses, you cannot make it to the promised land because you, you, know, you, you, you were an angry, you got angry, you did some things I don't like. And God says, but you know, here's the promise I made to you the people that you led will be led by another person named Joshua and Joshua will take them to the promised land okay and Joshua's generation is a go-getter generation a generation that knows that hey God has done so much for the for Moses now we know God is going to continue to bless us give to us feed us deliver us restore us give to us a land that is ours and continue to allow us to be fruitful in the land that he promised that's Joshua's generation but the word of God says that all the elders outlived, that, that outlived Joshua, they served the Lord according to, to scripture. They gave their lives. They knew who he was. They meditated on him day and night. They, they, they knew enough to know that the God was, that was in heaven was a God that would provide for them. The God that brought them out of the land of Egypt. The God that brought their four founding fathers of Abraham and everyone else behind them. They, they knew enough to know how important this God was. Amen? Sound familiar to some of our patriarchs? Some of the people that have been before you know the Lord. They know who God is to them, prayed and prayed until they received an answer. Into some, you know, storms in their lives so that God could bring them out and they have a story to tell. Joshua's generation was, a, was one that saw many signs and wonders. Meaning they saw the best of God. They saw walls that were indestructible. And, and they saw walls that were indestructible far before them. Meaning they saw things that wasn't normal. That normally shouldn't have happened. But it happened in their time. They saw victories that came to them because of God's hand that they shouldn't have won when they were outnumbered many times, when they were outsmarted many times. But because they had a God, they knew enough to know that, hey, our God will deliver and provide. This is a, a people, the Joshua generation, that crosses into a promised land that their parents and their grandparents couldn't see. They weren't able to see the promised land. It was only the newer generation, which was Joshua's generation. They were able to get into the promised land. And they lived out an inheritance. And that's powerful to know. Because some of you sit here today because somebody at one point in time on their knees prayed for you. Prayed that the future would be greater than what they had. Prayed that, the, that the, what they had started in the beginning would one day grow into a beautiful tree that would give to others. Hallelujah. That would give fruit. That would produce something that others would come and say, I, I, can I have some of that fruit that God has given you? 
This was a generation that saw the fullness of God's miracles. They knew him. They saw great wonders. Maybe they prayed over people and they were healed. They, they were delivered out of king's hands. Armies that were never to be destroyed came at the feet of them. Because they knew who their God was. But what happens when the generation of Joshua fails and forgets the lost generation behind them? What happens when you have all that that God has done for you and God has done so much, but it goes nowhere? Because that's what happens with Joshua's generation. They have what all this message today, the lost generation. And I don't want you to think in a small world mentality. I don't want you just to think about, you know, somebody who's close to you necessarily at this point. I want you to think of the outreach that you have, the family that you have that has kids that look up to you. The people that are coming behind you, maybe it might be a far distant cousin, a sister, a brother, a, 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 somebody that's looking, that's an adult that says, man, I don't know how you're doing it, but I, I admire that about you. I want you to think big on this. Have you ever noticed that one thing, too much of one thing is not good? Have they ever told you that? It's good to have things in abundance, but sometimes if you have too much, you, it loses value. I'll give you an example, and I only use this fresh. I'm grateful for the blessings that we had with eggs recently, right? We had eggs to throw up in the air. We had like dozens and dozens and dozens. Before, we would probably be like, man, we got to go buy groceries. I don't know how I'm going to spend that money. Man, I, I, I mean, huh, this is, I'm buying two dozen of eggs. Whew, this is, this is a tough, this is pretty tough for me at this point. And then one moment we have eggs to throw up in the air, but we're like, hey, can we give you some eggs? It be, what happens? We had too much of it. We had increase and overflow and abundance. What happens when you have so much abundance that you forget that, that, that the true importance of what it took to get there? What happens when you have everything that God has done for you, just like the Joshua generation? They had everything and, and they saw things and, they, and God delivered them that they became numb. They said, oh, we have enough of this already. Yes, we already know God exists. God lives. He's going to give us. We're living it up right now. Where we're going to retire like this. What about the future generation? What about those who come before you and those who, are come, who come after you? When we finally done it, guess what happens? That joy is gone. You, I go buy a Dodge Ram. It's great. I worked hard to get it. The moment I get it, I look to it, I see another truck pass by. Wow, that's a nice truck. I like that color. We forget because we have. We forget that how much we struggle to get into a vehicle. How much we struggled to, to, to know a God that would forgive us. Because we went through some hard times. But it's so easy when you have so much of one thing, so much of God's blessings, that we become like sugar diabetic people in a spiritual world. We have so much of his sweetness, so much of what he's been giving us and what he's been providing us, that nothing else matters. And we're like, oh yeah, he's going to keep giving it to us. But we forget that there's people that are struggling. 
you enjoy it for a moment and then it becomes like you know I, I, I like what I got those airpods were awesome those samsung buds were awesome the note 10 was great but what's next and we live off that sugar high I want to encourage you today you have to reduce the numbing effect. You have to get the blood back into your system. You have to know that those blessings aren't just for you. They're to bless someone else so that someone else would know that God lives in you. Hallelujah. So that someone else would say, man, God has blessed you. He has, but he can bless you too. Just give your life to him. Let him walk you through a moment. Hallelujah. We become numb like the Joshua generation. They had seen it all. They have heard it all. And guess what they did? Instead of giving to others and giving and departing something in their children and their grandchildren and the people that right are coming right behind them, they become complacent. They become numb. They become comfortable. And they're like, don't worry. You'll always be, will be taken care of. Somebody else will teach you down the road. And to the people of Joshua's generation. They had been fighting wars. They had seen walls come down. They're crossing into a land that, that was promised to them. They become numb and they forget the critical part. Pass the mantle. Pass the baton. God didn't give you your gifts to sit on. He gave it so that you can empower someone else. He gave it so that you could do something with it. If you could sing, teach someone to sing. If you could write, teach someone to write. Leave an inheritance. Pass the baton. Pass it. Don't become numb. Don't become so full of something, so full of God's greatness that you forget to give to somebody. You become so wealthy, you know, you, you get provided. God has given you this, God has given you that, and you forget to say, hey, if God has given me enough of one thing, let me share it with somebody. This was Joshua's generation's biggest mistake. He, they forgot to pass it on. You read it in the scripture. It says that the next generation didn't know God. What a shame. What a shame. Joshua was a, a great, Joshua came from a great place. God did great things in his command. But it wasn't passed on. And I'm going somewhere with that here in just a bit. Can I talk to you about a lost generation? Can I talk to you that in order to prevent a repeat of what Joshua's generation encountered, we have to, hallelujah. We have generations that are behind us that have tried to make do with a limited, a small amount of the word of God. A small amount of Jesus that we have slowly shared with them. We don't share enough of Jesus with them. So then they sort of kind of go with the I feel feeling. Well, I feel it's right. I think it's, I think that is true. I've been told that this is true. I don't know if I've really felt him to be true. But I've kind of been told to be true that he is true. And they don't have a solid foundation from the word of God. 
to defend themselves. So guess what happens? The world of the devil loves to twist scripture. He tried to do it with Jesus when Jesus came back, you know, from fasting. He took him and tempted him and tried to twist the words around of the scripture. But the, the, the enemy comes in the form of ideologies, which means... The way the world thinks, the way the way people that don't know Jesus, the way they think, these uh, great educators that are in universities that are promoting this, this new ideology of Scientology and of atheism and, and of Gnosticism and all these different ideas. And to the people, who, the, the, the generations that come right after Joshua's generation, it sounds so believable because they never known the true word of God. Because the true word of God should have come from the, prior, the previous generation. But somewhere in the middle, a gap happened and they don't have it. So then the next generation comes around and says, well, I really wasn't taught that. So I don't know if that's true or not. And then the devil says, hurry, 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 go. Then now's your chance. Go talk to them. And then they're listening and they're like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, God, God did God was really friendly with Mary Magdalene. I wonder if they did date. It's possible. Because that's what the world thinks. That Mary and Jesus had a relationship. Hasn't passed it. And then this generation comes up. See if you can just let your mind go for a little bit. Wander. Let it wander for just a moment. Think about somebody that's in your mind, that what's right, and then you start hearing what they tell you. Just, you don't have to preach to them, you just tell them something, that what's right, and then you start hearing a lot of these comments. But what's in it for me? What do I get out of it? Do I, do I get a gift? Are you going to give me, son, go throw the trash. Do I get an allowance? I'm just making that up. He didn't say that. But I'm getting somewhere with this. You have the YOLO, you only live once mentality, right? You have, oh my gosh, like a thousand TikToks, <laughs> a thousand memes. I have kids, that's why I tell you this. But you have a generation that is so lost that even though they have exposure to Joshua's in their lives, Listen to what I'm going to say. Even though that they have exposure to some Joshua's in their life, their Joshua's are not passing down anything to the next generation. So they don't know enough of the true God who was Joshua's God. They don't know how God can take them into a promised land and deliver them and yet still be God that directs them. And then you come here with the enemy and he says, you know, I got to put everything I can to destroy this future, to destroy the seed of what's behind these Joshua's. Because it's already happened in the Bible once. If I can get them to do it again, then the next generation is completely lost. Do you know, I'm going to go a little deep on this just because I want you to get it. Do you know what the Satanic Bible says? Yes, Satanic Bible. Written by Aleister Crowley. Okay? He was supposedly Satan's prophet. In the Satanic Bible, the law, which translates to do whatever you want to do that makes you feel good. That's a sad place. 
And the reason I bring that script, that not even scripture, that, that part of the satanic Bible is because you need to know that Satan's job is to take you away from the glory and everything that God can give to you. Satan's job is to let, a, let there be a gap of the Joshua generation. Let there be a, a missing link, hallelujah, missing that there is no communication happening between the Joshua's of this world, the Joshua's of this age, and, and the future generation that comes behind them. So he lies to our generations and he says, do whatever you want, whatever makes you feel good. It's your life. Amen. I mean, I, I've been in tons of classes with adults and I've had this conversation. You'll hear, do you, man, just do you. Because that's what the enemy wants you to believe. When God says obedience is better than sacrifice. God says it's better to be obedient than to sacrifice something that you don't have no obedience to. Obedience to the word. So we're talking about a lost generation. And here's where I'm going with it. That has not been getting the right kind of food. They're not getting the right kind of spiritual food. Do you know why? Because the Joshua generations have not fed them properly. Somewhere in the process, there is a gap church. And this isn't for just this church. This is for any and every church that is in the body of Christ. We have an obligation. We have a responsibility to pass the mantle to the next generation. We have a responsibility to use the gifts that God has given you. And whatever it is that you give, give it to someone else. So that they can look back and say, I had a brother Miguel that was there for me. A brother Miguel that stood by my side. A sister Rachel that shared something with me that totally made me realize. Amen. Yes. A, 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 a brother Jonathan, a pastor Jonathan that had to go through some things in his life to show that God doesn't call a, a perfect people. We fed the Joshua generations, but what are you feeding them? For some, we have some people that are, you know, they're dehydrated spiritually. Meaning they get food, the sweet food, but they don't get enough of the faith, that, that, quest, that thirst quenching faith that comes from God. We have people that continue to feed their, you know, the idea of it's all good, that you'll never go through anything bad. God loves you. God's going to take care of you. You're, it's all about the sweetness, the greatness, and all about the good. That they, When they run into a problem that is an actual struggle, they don't know how to respond because they want to love that problem to death. Where are the Joshua's in this generation? Hallelujah. We have a lost generation that feels because, you know, they have that they feel the, the right to a woman. The woman's right is greater than the baby that's coming. That one life is greater than the other or more important. I have some real conversations with my kids. You'd be surprised what the high schoolers nowadays feel. They really feel that a woman has the right to abort a baby that has no right. They feel that. I Talk to my kids. Talk to somebody in the high school and ask them about what this generation feels is right and appropriate. They'll tell you it's whatever the woman, quote, unquote, feels. 
Then you have the homosexuality happening. You have that, you know, the, the, the attempt to redefine what God made between man and woman. And you have it putting them down. The people in high school and all the other schools look at you. As long as they love, they love, they feel they're okay, they're okay. Where are the Joshua generation? What are you doing with the gift God gave you? Now more than ever, there are children, there are younger people, younger adults, some in the ages of 18 to 25, they're killing themselves. They're killing themselves. You look, I'm going to go here, and, and I'm not going here to put him down. Kobe Bryant was an awesome player. He was a legend. He was great. I was, I'm a big fan of Kobe. And I pray even more now for his family and the loss that they had to endure. It's a heartache. It's, a heart, it's devastating. But one thing I saw just opened my eyes and I was like, wow. Do you know how many kids were on Snapchat saying about how much Kobe impacted their life? Didn't even know them. And they were there crying their heart out. I feel so bad because Kobe's gone. I feel because this legend has gone away and he was such a leader to me. And, he was, and I'm like, holy smokes, this, this guy with, lived effectively at least in his life to impact other people. And he didn't even bring the name of Jesus in his talks at the time. Maybe there was times that he did, but what I'm saying is we have something that has been given to us as an inheritance. Why can't we one day when we die be that person that somebody says, man, I thank God that he shared what he had with me. I thank God that he showed me how to love God, how to love and be and never get a, get a hold of his hand and never let go. Because Kobe was great, but Kobe's gone. Kobe's dead. But he left something and it impacted many people. What are you leaving? There is a certain responsibility that we have to continue building upon the foundations. You see, before, if you believe it or not, you have been here today because there is somebody that already laid a foundation for you. Which means you don't have to go rebuild another house. The house that you have right now is the house that God will use to do what he wants to do in you. You don't have to go reinvent yourself. You don't have to go on a mountain and go get lost for a while to find Jesus. Jesus says, I already have the foundation for you. I just need you to start building on top of it. And if you have the foundation built, I need you to start opening doors to let people in your life. It's more than just telling them to read a Bible study story. You, you ever heard about that? I think we all have done that at one point in time. We tell our kids, and for those of you who come with, with kids, you're going to know what I mean. Sometimes you just don't want to, you know, they're, they're just bugging you in your ear. And you're like, hey, here, 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 read this Bible story. Or here, watch this video of Jesus or of Veggie Tales or something like that. Because we were like, we really don't want to mess with them at that moment. We're just kind of like, hey, just don't bother me right now. Don't distract me. Right? But not only do they have to know how God moves in your life, but we have to equip them with the word of God. What good is having a sword? The sword. Okay, this is the sword. What good is having a sword if they don't know how to use it? What good is having faith if they can't believe in it? 
We have to get them to know that the Bible says that he is a God that is forever. Which means you have to see greater than you right now in this moment. You got to know if there is a future. That you got to build on who God is to you. So I want you to do this. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Don't worry. No one's looking at you. I want you to think about something. And I want you to think very carefully. Think about this. Who is the seed that you have been assigned to plant in? Who is the generation? Keep, keep your eyes closed. Who is the next generation that is already looking at you? And you don't even realize it. And their eyes are on you. And they're saying, I want to be like my uncle, this, this guy. I want to be like my cousin, this guy. I want to be like my grandparent, this guy. I want to be like my mom, this one. My dad, this one. Who is that person that, you, that, that God is already placing in your heart? I'm not talking about just young children. I'm talking about young adults that are watching you. Who is it that is right behind you that God says, I need you to pour into him, to pour into her? What are you pouring in? Because whether you realize it or not, there are eyes from the next generation that are watching you closely. The next question I have for you, you can open your eyes, is how are you pouring into them? Some of us have some close aunts, uncles, maybe they're not in the Lord. And you have trust built with them. And sometimes they come to us and they, they ask us questions because they want to know. How are you pouring into them? Are you teaching them to be fatty, to be, be fed by fatty, high-sweetened desires and pleasures? Or are you giving them solid word, solid meat that builds muscles, that builds protein in the word of God? I'm, I'm about some things because we're not here today just for us. Do they know what the greatest commandment is? Do you know what the greatest commandment is? Does anybody know? That's right. Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was by a teacher of the law. And you know what he says? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Heart, soul, and mind. Heart is the flesh. Soul is the spirit, and mind is what you think. He says, love the Lord all with all your heart, soul, and with all your mind. He says, this is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do they know that? This, the Joshua generation are we teaching that to the people that come after us? Do they know that? Do they know that God instructed them to love God with everything they had? Because I'll tell you one people, the people that didn't know that, the generation that came after Joshua. Because somewhere down the line, 
they failed to pass it on. I came across something that's super powerful. And I'm praying that in the name of Jesus that it impacts you as it impacted me. It, 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 just listen. Give me your last. We're about to be done. Give me your last five minutes. I, I promise you'll be worth it. Listen to this. Think about this for a moment. A cemetery is a place where everybody avoids. Nobody really wants to be at a cemetery. Nobody says, hey, let's go get together. Nobody says that. Nobody wants to be in that place to are there. But perhaps it can be said as the way Dr. Miles Monroe is a doctor that has described this. He's a, he was an evangelist from the Bahamas. And he said, and listen to this. He says, the wealthiest places in the world are not gold mines, oil fields, diamond mines, or banks. The wealthiest place is the cemetery. Does that drive your mind crazy? Like, what? Because there lies companies that were never started. There lies, there lies masterpieces that were never painted. Dreams that were never fulfilled. Songs that were never completely written. Visions that were never completed. Sermons that were never preached. There is a, a part of that wealthiness that's in that cemetery that says all of the could have beens but never were. Some of us have, in the cemetery is the greatest treasure of untapped potential. Here's the bottom line. Don't die with your gifts. Don't die. A Joshua generation that died and never gave their gifts away. That never shared their gift. That never shared what God was doing in them. Don't go to the grave with the treasure still in you. Don't go to the grave with the treasure still in you. Don't be that person that had the unfulfilled dreams, that had the unfulfilled visions, that could have finished writing a song because they were caught up in everything that this world had to offer that they forgot. Don't be that person that went to the grave with unforgiveness and bitterness that you never show love to anybody. That's why we call it the wealthiest place. But I think it came down personal for me because it was a mantle that was never passed. It was something that it was never shared. And I think about my family that has passed on. The ones that have been great leaders to us. Two in particular stand out to me. And I think about, I said, I wonder how many, how much unfinished ideas and mind in their thoughts were still there when they passed. I wonder if they would have just gotten a hold of this message one from someone and said, man, I don't know when God's going to take me, but I got some work to do. Because I don't want to go to the grave full with my riches and ideas. I don't want to be the best bass player on this earth if I never shared it with somebody. Somebody. 
I think you get the point. What are you taking to the grave with you when you die? Because you weren't placed on here just to be a forgotten generation or to feed a, a forgotten lost generation. You're here to get that lost generation and say, hey, look, there's a disconnect here. Let me plug you back in. I know you went somewhere for a while. I know you're out there looking for the truth. I know you're searching. But brother, can I tell you that I'm here with you? Sister, can I tell you that I'm here with you? I'm not letting you go. I'm not going to allow you to give up. As long as I shall live, I'm not going to let you go downhill. You may hate me. You may not like me. But I refuse to give up on you because I don't want to go to the grave knowing that I left everything that I should have given you. And I left it in the grave. Focus on the lost generation. Because they're depending on your baby that's not yet born. They're looking. They will be looking one day to you and say, Dad, tell me about Jesus. Mom, tell me about Jesus. Show me. Empty yourself. This is why I believe the Lord put this in my heart. Because I know that there is a lost generation that needs to be filled, but filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the love of Jesus. Filled to know that God exists. And that everything that is contrary to what he said is the bread of life, to, this, to what he said is his spoken word, is not to be followed.